Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I am your host, Becky Easton, and we are back today talking about some frequently asked questions about the law when you turn 18. And this information that I'm getting today is out of a free publication that you can request by going to lawforkids.org. So today's topics, I want to talk about housing and then sexual offenses. So trigger warning that we are going to talk a little bit about sexual uh, sexual matters and um what can be considered a sex crime. So we're going to start off with housing, though. And as an adult, you have the right to sign a rental agreement or lease. And the landlord is called the lessor, while you, the renter, is called the lessee. So does a lease have to be written to be enforceable? Well, it can either be written or verbal. So no, it doesn't have to be in writing, but at least for more than one year must be in writing. And what are the advantages of having a written lease anyway? Well, number one, you have a better idea of all your rights and obligations, and you also have protection against, against dishonesty. You then also have protection against something that either party doesn't accurately remember. If you were listening in yesterday when I was talking about contracts, I mentioned that one great way to think about contracts is that they are just a way to remember what you agreed to. And I'm sure that your memory is excellent and you will never forget anything and that just doesn't happen to you, (laughs) but um, everybody is not like that. And it's always a good idea, even even when you think you're going to remember it, um, just in case, because our memory always changes just a little bit. And you may also wonder if there are any disadvantages to having it all in writing. Pre-printed leases usually are prepared by and in favor of the landlord. So you want to read the lease carefully. It could change some of the rules that would otherwise favor you as a tenant. And remember, you don't have to use the forms as they're printed, because if all parties agree, you can modify the form to suit your situation. So what's a security deposit, and why do you have to pay it anyway? Well, a security deposit is the amount of money that the landlord holds as security against property damages, unclean conditions you have caused, and unpaid rent. And the purpose of the deposit must be stated in writing by the landlord. So you pick up your keys. What happens next? Well, under the law, a tenant must comply with all health and safety obligations imposed upon a tenant by building codes. So what's this mean to you? Well, you've got to keep your part of the premises as clean and safe as you can. You need to dispose of all trash and other waste in a clean and safe manner. You need to keep all plumbing fixtures in the apartment as clean as possible. You must use all electrical, plumbing, sanitary, heating, ventilating, air conditioning, elevators, and other facilities and appliances in a reasonable manner. You must not deliberately or negligently destroy, deface, 
damage or remove any part of the premises or knowingly allow other persons to do so. And you must conduct yourself in a manner that will not disturb your neighbor's peaceful enjoyment of the premises and require other persons on the premise with your consent to do the same. A commonly asked question is about renter's insurance. Should you have it? Well, it may not be required by your landlord. It is something you want to consider getting. The landlord's insurance is going to cover only the buildings and the property, not your possessions. And renter's insurance is, re- is relatively inexpensive. So if something were to ever happen um, and your possessions were destroyed without having renter's insurance, you're going to be the one who's on the hook for replacing it all. So it's always a better, generally, I suppose, generally a better idea to have more insurance than not because you never know. And so what are the landlord's obligations? You heard me talk about the tenant's obligations. The landlord must also comply with requirements of applicable building codes affecting health and safety. The landlord must make all repairs and do whatever is necessary to keep the premises in a fit and habitable condition. They must keep all common areas of the premise in a good, in a clean and safe situation, situation, condition. <laughs> Maintain in good and safe working order all electrical, plumbing, sanitary, heating, air conditioning, and other facilities and appliances that the landlord supplies or is required to supply. Provide and maintain appropriate receptacles for the removal of garbage and other waste and arrange for their removal and supply running water and reasonable amounts of hot water at all times and reasonable heat and air conditioning or cooling where installed and when required by seasonal weather. And how about privacy? Can your landlord just enter your apartment? Well, the landlord does have some rights to enter your apartment under certain conditions. Your landlord may enter your apartment to inspect the premises, to make necessary or agreed upon repairs, alterations, or improvements, to supply necessary or agreed upon services, or to exhibit the apartment to prospective purchasers, tenants, or contractors. And the landlord may also enter the apartment without consent of the tenant in case of an emergency, but the landlord cannot abuse the right to access or use it to harass the tenant except in the case of an emergency, or if it is impracticable to do so, the landlord must give the tenant at least two days notice of its intent to enter and may enter only at reasonable times. And what happens if you don't pay your rent? If you don't pay your rent when it's due, the landlord may give you a notice to either pay or leave within five days. If after five days the rent remains unpaid, The landlord may file a forcible entry and detainer action against you and evict you. Lots of really good questions, especially at the age of 18. Um, A little bit bit older now sometimes, but we're finding our first place to live and figuring out what it means to be a good tenant and be a good steward of the home that we are living in and take care of it. And so there are always lots of questions about what that means for you as a tenant and what that means, what kind of rights you have 
um, from your landlord as well. So good things to know there for sure. And then I wanted to talk also about sexual offenses because there are a number of different ways that, um, that one can be charged with a sexual offense. And it essentially involves sexual conduct without consent by the other person. And without consent is going to include any of the following. Right? The victim is coerced with immediate use or threatened use of force against a person or a property. The victim is incapable of consent due to mental disorder, drugs, alcohol, or sleep. The victim is intentionally deceived, or when the victim is intentionally deceived to believe that the person is the victim's spouse. And I think it's important to continue talking um, about what makes a sexual offense because there is a lot of narrative out there about what um what what it's not and how um you know maybe women were supposed to uh act and questioning what they were wearing when something happened and yes i know that um sexual offenses like this are not exclusively happening to women um but it is important to be having this conversation about what is okay and encouraging that that consent piece. I think that was really the biggest part of that description that I just read to you is that an offense involves sexual conduct without consent. So what types of offenses are considered sex crimes? And in Arizona... Again, we have indecent exposure, public sexual indecency, sexual abuse, sexual conduct with a minor, sexual assault, sexual offense, violent sexual assault, unlawful disclosure of images depicting states of nudity or specific sexual activities, and sexual extortion. You can also find a detailed list at azleg leg.gov forward slash ARS detail with a capital D forward slash question mark title equals then the number 13. So what are some of the legal consequences for sexual offenses? And it's going to definitely depend on the type of offense, the age of the victim, and as well as many other factors. Many sexual offenses are classified as felonies, which are the most serious types of criminal violations. Conviction of nearly all sex crimes requires lifetime registration as a sex offender. And if you are 18, is it illegal for you to have sexual conduct with someone who is 16? Well, according to Arizona law, it's illegal to knowingly have sex with a minor, which is any person under the age of 18, even if that person consents to the act, namely because someone under the age of 18 literally cannot give consent, even by saying yes and being fully ready and willing. They just are incapable by the law to give consent. 
And sexual conduct with a minor under 15 years old is a class two felony, whereas 15 years and older is a class six felony. And can sexual offenses occur even when you're dating or married? Absolutely. Absolutely. The just the mere fact that you are in a relationship or that you are married does not obligate you to have any sort of sexual relations with anybody. And the same laws still apply, regardless of if you're dating or married to the other person who committed to the crime, or if you're another person who's committing the crime against your partner. So what is sexual assault? Sexual assault is a crime that's classified as a class two felony. Sexual assault is committed by intentionally or knowingly engaging in sexual intercourse or oral sexual conduct with any person without the consent of that person. Sexual abuse, according to Arizona law, occurs when a person knowingly or intentionally engages in sexual conduct with a person who is 15 or older without their consent or with a person who is under 15 if the sexual contact involves only the female breast. Sexual abuse is a class five felony unless the victim is under 15, and then it's a class three felony. So is it illegal for you to send a naked picture of the 16 year old that you're dating to your friends? And this is a great question because it's something that you may not ever have thought about because That person likely sent you that picture knowingly. Um, However, yes, it is illegal to text that, that naked picture. It's actually illegal even to have it. Sexual exploitation of a minor is a class two felony and includes recording, filming, photographing, developing, or duplicating any images of a minor engaging in sexual conduct or distributing, transporting, exhibiting, receiving, selling, purchasing, electronically transmitting, possessing, or exchanging any visual images of a minor. And how about when someone you used to date cheated on you? So you posted nude pictures of them all over social media to get back at them. Did you commit a crime? And yes, in fact, you engaged in revenge porn, which is one of our newer crimes. And according to the Arizona revised statutes, it's illegal for you to intentionally share an image of another person who is identifiable from the image or can be gathered from the information in connection with the image if all of the following apply. The person in the image is nude or participating in a sexual activity. The person has a reasonable expectation of privacy and the image was shared with intent to harm, harass, intimidate, threaten, or coerce the person in the picture. And what are the legal consequences for revenge porn? Well, according to Arizona law, it's a class five felony, except in the following situations. If the image is disclosed electronically, then it's classified as a class four felony. Or if a person threatens to disclose the image, but does not disclose it, then it's classified as a class one misdemeanor. A victim of harassment that arises out of a dating relationship can apply for an order of protection against that harassment. 
So another couple of really important topics that I think are important to know about when you turn 18 or any time, really. If you didn't already know any of this information, it is never too late to be learning it, to get more information, to change opinions and thoughts on how you do things. Um, We can always do better when we know better, right, guys? I want to thank you again for tuning in to this Sunday episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I'm your host, Becky Easton, and I am so grateful that you are joining me here. I hope to talk to you more tomorrow. Have a great day.